This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Immersion rig testing complete. Immersion rig testing complete. 3.0 update complete. Are you ready to launch 100th expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Priming phasers to kill. 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 I mean stun. Unencrypting databases on horror. Comics. Video games. Wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. Oh, this is the Amazing Nerd Show. We're celebrating 100 episodes, Christian. How does it feel? It feels amazing. I hate you. <laughs> Every time. And the show ended. <laughs> I can't believe we made it this far. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's a huge milestone for us. Uh, we're totally excited to still be doing this after 100 episodes. Just about two years. Mm-hmm. I believe Almost. our anniversary is what, in January? Yes. Okay, so that's coming up, but it's been a fun ride so far. I went back recently and listened to our first episode. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) We might be taking that one down. (laughs) Um, Not that we're much better now, but yeah, we've definitely grown as a podcast since that first episode. There's been an evolution. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, But yeah, no, um, it's definitely been a fun ride and we're looking forward to the future. So we've got a lot of cool things on the horizon. Uh, which also brings us to our next announcement. Yes, we will be starting a Patreon during our third season for 2020. Yeah, so early January, probably, or maybe February. We're we're, we're working on it. (laughs) It's a work in progress. We'll definitely announce it when it happens. Yes, yes. Um, But we're looking to do a lot more, like, bonus content. Um, They'll just be, like, Patreon-exclusive, more, like, genre-specific, like, you know, micro-episodes, so a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And we also, and we'll talk about tears later on, obviously, mm. but we're looking to actually, um, you know, have your feedback sh- help shape the show. Yes. Give the listener creative control. Yes. A little you, bit. You can be a producer. <laughs> exactly. You know, kind of. <laughs> it's It's been a crazy year for us. You know, 100 episodes. We've gotten over 100,000 downloads this year. I think that's amazing for us. Yes, that is crazy. <laughs> that is insane. And so. we're hoping just to get bigger as we go on. And that's this is just another evolution to the podcast. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we get into the news, here's something I thought we'd never say. Here's a word from our sponsors. Support for the amazing nerd show comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. So this past birthday, my wife picked me up the Manscaped 2.0. Um, you get to be middle-aged, you start looking like a Wookiee down there. Let me tell you, it changed our lives, Christian. 
Well, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the perfect package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelly nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face that you use on your balls. That's just gross. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes a crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and a moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, fellas, your balls do stink. Hey, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs. They'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Right now, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscapes.com. And you can check that out on the link below. Your balls will thank you. That's right, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Ho, ho, ho. Before we get into the news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. We're starting off with Disney Plus announcing that they're going to do a new Star Wars show featuring kids. Okay, younglings? Yes. (laughs) It's going to be episode three like over and over again. Is Anakin going to show up and slaughter (laughs) all of them? That's what they brought Hayden Christensen back for. That'd be oh, like he was the host or yes. something. <laughs> so yeah, so this is basically going to be a game show for children called Jedi Temple Challenge, mm-hmm. featuring Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best and uh, co-hosted by the Veeps Mary Holland, who's going to be playing a droid character. Sure. sure. <laughs> so to me, this sounds like basically like double dare meets star wars at least oh, that's man. what i'm picturing it's totally legends of the hidden temple i don't know if you ever got that far no that was like the next big one after double dare no i was probably too old at that point <laughs> <laughs> to be watching those shows which i fucking i, I love game shows in general so that's uh-huh. just me and i'm kind of interested to see where they'll go with a kid's star wars one like is it going to be trivia is it going to just be like maybe it's like jedi challenges where they're like well, doing stunts and stuff yeah because like they, they call it like jedi yeah. temple challenge so i feel like it's going to be more of like an american ninja, ninja run yeah. kind of style show um which could be fun i guess i mean i won't fucking watch it but <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'll let you tell me about uh. it um, unless they have like a giant slide or you know 
covered in slime or, you know, like you have to like dig in like Jabba's like guts or something like that to find a key. Then I'm... (laughs) (laughs) What's the kind of shit they did in Double Dare, right? Yeah. Nowadays, it's definitely going to be more PC. Like you'd have to go through like a nose to find, like like, go through a bunch of snots, right? It's not going to be Jabba's entrails, man. (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe that's too far. (laughs) But maybe you have to go through Jabba's nose. Maybe it's a tauntaun that you have to cut open. And oh, that'd be fucking exactly. badass. Oh, I'm, I'm totally on board. If you're cutting open tauntauns, sign me up. <laughs> All right. But okay. So it sounds like a fun show. You know, Christian will check it out and you know, review it. Right? <laughs> now you're just slating me for this, right? <laughs> All right, man. Christian's Corner. Here we come. Uh, all right. What do we have next, Christian? Well, up next, we have... More Moon Knight news on the horizon with uh, Disney+. Plus. So there are reports out there by a bunch of different sites saying that Bushman, a longtime Moon Knight foe, is going to be part of the show. Um, and he ties directly into Moon Knight's origin. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then also um, a fan favorite character, Werewolf by Night, who actually Moon Knight made her first appearance in a Werewolf by Night uh, book, um, might actually also be part of the show. So... um. You know, Bushman definitely makes sense. Um, I could see Werewolf by Night being like kind of like on a one-off episode, mm. or maybe they want to introduce that character for a possible like Disney Plus series, which would be kind of cool. But he feels a little more edgier than what like Disney Plus would necessarily want to go with. Um, but he definitely has a cult following, so I understand why they would want to bring him to the show. Uh, I'm excited by both prospects of those characters, especially Bushman. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Charles Houston's run on Moon Knight, um, and Bushman was a big part of that run. He was kind of like this like spirit haunting like Moon Knight and everything like that. So um, I would love to see them tackle that run and that story in particular. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see which way they go. All right. Well, next up, we have Disney continuing to develop more Planet of the Apes films. Uh, This being featuring the Maze Runner director, Wes Ball. And it seems a little cloudy right now whether or not they'd be like continuing, you know, the Matt Reeves storyline or if this is going to be something like new and completely fresh. At this point, it would just be like remaking Planet of the Apes, the originals at this point, right? Because they just had the war. I didn't watch the war one because I just okay. I couldn't get myself to sit through another one of those fucking films. I'm sure there's still meat on the bone mm-hmm. to continue the story, um, and those movies were pretty successful, so I could see them going that route. But at the same time, I don't know. Disney might want to do their own thing too, um, and you know, start their own franchise. Because I mean, you'd be on what like I don't know episode. It would be like the fourth, the fourth installment, part, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. They might feel like that whole storyline might be exhausted. Let's go ahead and start something new. Um, I could see them going that route. I mean, I don't mind. Like, it's keeping Andy Circus under their wing, maybe. Yeah, it's I was just, just like... about to say. You just better <laughs> make sure you sign up Andy Circus. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no. I, Planet of the Apes has its a huge following, so I'm not surprised by this news at all. Um, and that's one of the bigger properties that they picked up with the Fox uh, deals. So yes, Ape Happy. 
All right, so next up, Train to Busan is finally getting a sequel. This was kind of rumored uh, a while back. I, I know they're in pre-production, but it looks like they're aiming for a summer 2020 release, and it's going to be called Peninsula. So it looks like the film is going to revisit the same zombie virus that we saw in the original movie, except now the focus will be expanded on the entire uh, Korean peninsula. All right, we're off the rails this time. That's right, literally. Um... But yeah, no, it was one of my favorite horror movies of the last decade and one of the best zombie movies, I think, ever. So I really love this movie. If you checked it out, go ahead, you know, cue it up on Netflix. Yeah, it's been sitting there. I don't, I don't know why. I just haven't gotten around to it. Watch the fucking movie, Christian. <laughs> it sounds like everything I would love in a horror movie. Yes. So. It's ridiculous <laughs> that you haven't watched it yet. It's fantastic. Don't wait till the sequel comes out. Check it out beforehand. I'm just going to binge it right before the sequel. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> before we review the sequel. <laughs> All right, moving on. So finally, some competition for Disney. Netflix is having Lock and Key debut on their service. So it's slated to drop February 7th. Um, this is after years and years of like pilot episodes like start and stops i mean it was on fox for a while or like fox i think actually did a pilot episode for it that was i I guess awful because it went nowhere Mm -hmm. and then hulu had the rights to it for a little bit and somehow it ended up over at netflix um just a uh, wildly like popular graphic novel by joe hill stephen king's son um, I've never read the book myself. Um, I was always meaning to pick it up, but now that the series is coming, <laughs> I'm gonna pump the brakes on that. And you know, cause I I I went through this with Walking Dead, where I you know picked up the books after the first season. And at first, I was like okay, and you know, it was a nice companion piece to the series because mm-hmm. they were different enough from each other. But then after like I think it was like the third or fourth season. I was just like spoiling the show for myself. So I'll probably wait for the show to like end and then like go back and visit the books. Cause I, the books has a huge, huge following. Um, so I'm actually surprised that there isn't like more fanfare around, you know, the show being released, honestly, cause I really haven't heard tons about it mm-hmm. like the past year. I didn't even hear about its production. So yes, yes. So, and I don't know if we've just been kind of missing it like mm-hmm. during the news cycle or something, but yeah, no, I was really surprised when I saw the story that it was especially like, it's going to be released in a month. Um, yeah, it's crazy, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Cause like I said, I mean, it's it, for a while there, it was like the biggest book going. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for Netflix. They definitely <laughs> have to up their game now that Disney Plus is doing insane numbers exactly. every and, day. And I imagine they picture this maybe being their next Umbrella Academy for them, you know, because they they don't have a problem with taking risks on um, different styles of books outside of the, you know, the big brands like Marvel and DC. Yeah, and, and now like with like shows like Umbrella Academy and Boys, mm-hmm. like we're seeing that, you know, there's an audience out there that's looking for something, you know, different than your usual like superhero like affair, um, you know, something like outside that mm-hmm. box. So um, I, I think we're going to see more and more shows like that based on like independent books greenlit. Which is good. That's a good thing for the genre. Absolutely. Because there's tons, tons of books out there, which I think studios are finally realizing, um, you know, just great material that, you know, is just waiting for a fantastic show to be based off of. 
So, um, yeah, like I would, I would be interested in seeing, I know this, I mean, we've seen this in film already, but I'd be interested in them doing a retelling of Kick-Ass. Like, I would be, I'd be totally down for a series version of that. So, and I believe Netflix actually has the rights now to like Miller's like universe, you know, all of his like independent work. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that in the future. That absolutely. does make sense. No, and Wanted would be a great series as well. Yeah, absolutely. I no. feel like um, the film version did not do the comic book version justice whatsoever. Uh, did that get a sequel? The film, no. It was constantly brought up. You know, even Angelina Jolie pitched for it. And it's just to a point where they were just like, it's probably not going to happen. Now, I don't think I actually saw Wanted. Was it? Did you enjoy it? I, I, I loved the movie. Okay. And it got me into reading the book. But once I read the book and I realized this is more of a villain story mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, this guy is becoming a supervillain pretty much in this book. I was like, oh, this is 100% different and everyone has different powers and abilities. It's not just, you know, a group of people that can curve bullets. You know, so I was like, this is so much more interesting and I would love to see them explore that. Okay. So it kind of took away mm-hmm. from the actual movie after exactly. reading the book. Yeah. No. That happens a lot. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm sure Netflix now, especially, they're going to start really like upping their game with Disney Plus and everything mm-hmm. like that. So we're going to see a lot more like properties, like Miller's work and everything like that, getting greenlit because they've they've got to compete. So, um, and like I said, those those Disney Plus numbers right now, if they're true, are just absolutely absurd what they're getting <laughs> download wise. <laughs> So, um, but all right, so moving on. Yeah, we got some trailers to talk about. Uh, Speaking of indie comics, we got to talk about The Boys Season 2. Coming soon to theaters. So The Boys seems to be picking up right where it left off uh, with the huge reveal at the end of last season. We never talked about it. (laughs) Yeah, we never actually went back and reviewed the second half of the Mm -hmm. season, right? Um, but yeah, no, um, it seems like it's picking up right off there. This is very much a pure, like, teaser trailer. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it was basically a montage of a bunch of scenes. It all looks like gory fun, though. I was like, my God, how much, I mean, they're, like, it, it, it felt like they're even upping the gore, like, you know, um, standard even more, mm-hmm. like, in this, like, if this is what, like, their teaser trailer looks like, what the hell is the fucking season gonna be? <laughs> um yeah but i mean a lot of like you know old characters are returning and it seems like they're introducing some new characters um i'm excited for it i mean it, i loved you know that first season mm-hmm. i you, i know we never gave our final review but it was definitely one of my favorite shows of the year um and i'm really looking forward to more i'm happy that this is like right around the corner it's supposed to be early 2020 i believe um Jesus Christ. Good for Because, well, Netflix always feels like they um, would, like, it'd be, like, two years before you would get another season, where it seems like Amazon isn't, you know, fucking around. They're no. like, no, no, we're going to go yearly here. Well, I feel like Amazon is always the afterthought. It's that, like, you know, I'm never thinking about, oh, what am I going to watch on Amazon Prime, you know? it's mm-hmm. and I, Yeah. And a series like this is big. What, what really surprised me is that Jack Ryan season two has actually done better numbers than the boys, the boys has been their most successful like series so far. Oh, really? So like, it, so but Jack Ryan is mm-hmm. doing well. Maybe people are actually starting to watch Amazon. Exactly. Now. So now it's just kind of making a cycle. So I'm I'm excited to see what where they go with this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I loved all the characters in the first one. Uh, if I did give it a grade, I probably would have given it an A at the time because I just I absolutely this series came out 
right when I needed it to. There was a kind of a small void for comic mm-hmm. book movies and stuff, and it went in a different direction than I could have ever imagined. It's something that we haven't seen on the screen mm-hmm. before from the genre, um, but hopefully something we see more of, you know, you know, moving on. So I feel like it definitely opened a huge door, you know, for, you know, studios now seeing the success of this, mm-hmm. kind of what we we're talking about um, with, you know, um, Lock and Key. So I feel like we're going to get more, you know, shows like this in the future. And that's an awesome thing. Because, I mean, these kinds of comic books have been out there for mm-hmm. years. I mean, you don't have to look any, you know, further than The Watchmen. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it was a fantastic show. I definitely agree with your grade. I probably would give it an A also. Um, pretty much flawless. Um, I, I And I'm from what I hear is they're going to be going you know, more with a lot of, like, the source material um, and bring in some characters who weren't, like, featured in the first season that was a big part of, like, the first volume mm-hmm. of the book, too. So um, I just hope that they don't overdo it, you know, because I thought the cast size was perfect yeah. for the story that they're trying to tell. But, you know, we do know we lost some of that cast. So <laughs> <laughs> there's some holes to fill. If anything, more bodies just means more bodies to lose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. James Bond's first trailer for No Time to Die is officially out. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. So I'm going to start off with saying I completely missed the last film. Like, I don't know if it just came out at a weird time for me or what, but I totally didn't see Spectre. And now this, this trailer came out and I'm like full on... Bond centric right now, just like, like I want to go see. You need to see Spectra. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge James Bond fan, so I'm gonna let you do all the heavy lifting on this trailer. <laughs> um, it looked pretty fucking mm. badass, but you know, I'm not a Bond guy, so I have no idea what the fuck was going on at all. You know, um, it was definitely weird seeing Daniel Craig <laughs> after watching Knives Out, exactly. which we'll talk about later on. Um, you know, being James Bond, um, after being like Colonel Sanders. Um, so it, it was odd and jarring, but I mean, this looks pretty fucking sweet to me. Um, am I going to go back and binge all of his Bond movies? <laughs> Probably not, but I am, you know, interested, I guess. I would say it's been a good run. Well, here, let me read this blurb real fast. Okay. Uh, Bond has left active service. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for his help. Leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. So it kind of sounds like any classic Bond film. Yes, yeah, I was going to say. It's a new villain out there. They bring him back in. You know, he needs to help. And now the new villain is Rami Malek? He yes. wasn't in the other movie. No. Correct? Okay. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I liked the character design, I guess. Mm-hmm. He looks like a classic like comic book villain, which I know like the Bond movies kind of like toe that line. 
Um, so I, I know I was intrigued by that. No, when I heard the casting for it, I was like, oh, that's a great choice. He's, you know, Bond villains, you know, exude that kind of like, um, I'm going to tell you my evil plan type character thing. And I thought, absolutely. That's the mm, archetype exactly. right there. <laughs> I thought Raimi would make a perfect, uh, Bond villain. Uh, and now there looks like they're introducing another double O in this also. Yes. Has that been a thing in the past? Oh, it has happened in a, in previous films usually he's either been betrayed by them or um they get killed off in it, some fashion it doesn't end well no right? <laughs> <laughs> but i'm assuming they will you know do better than what we got with like halle berry you know we won't see you know okay. a very shitty film <laughs> <laughs> not a fan huh no that's the worst one the cg in that is like it looks like he's standing on a blue screen with like the fakest waves ever while he's like surfing it's like it's like they just said fuck it we're making a bond film it'll make money let's just throw it out there and wow. see what happens was that the first one with daniel craig no um this is pierce brodson oh the last one with pierce brodson. Okay. he's already way too old to play the role yeah and it was <laughs> it was such a bad film okay <laughs> All right. Um, how many Daniel Craig movies have there been? Um, I believe this is the fourth installment. Okay. Because, I, for um, some reason, I feel like Cinderella, there's been more. Uh, Skyfall, Spectre, and then this one. So Okay. So four. Okay. I just... And I... Now, he was rumored to be, like, leaving the franchise, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a big talk about, you know, either putting, like, Idris Elba in the role or something. Which would be awesome. Like, this would be the big switch. But, um, no, they wanted to do one more, I guess. They got him back in for one more film. But is this it? Is this, this should be it for Daniel Craig. Because I felt like that was the talk last movie, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, this is probably the last one. He doesn't have any interest in, you know, moving on. So that's why everyone started to, like, you know... You know, fan cast it, and then all of a sudden he's back. So I'm assuming it was a pretty large paycheck. Yes, probably, <laughs> probably. All right, man. So I mean, overall reaction to the trailer, though. Uh, it, I mean, everything feels super standard to Bond. Mm-hmm. So while like while I am excited for a new Bond film, at the same time I'm like, is this going to do anything new for him as a character? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be enough of a finality? For Daniel Craig's character, because this feels like it could just be a middle installment, you know, and another, like, just another tale for Bond. Now, here's a stupid question, okay? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not a huge James Bond fan, so forgive me. But are we led to believe this is supposed to be the same James Bond from, like, the original movies? Or are we just like, oh, we're following the spy with the moniker 007? No, sometimes they've played off of that, but this Bond was definitely, like, the reboot Bond. Okay. Because when we go to Casino Royale, that's pretty much like the start of his double O career. Okay. Okay. And that what wasn't that actually a remake? Casino was there another There was there, a book before was... the first um Sean Connery film. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Mm. Gotcha. Um all right, man. Well I it's definitely something that like if it was on TNT I'd probably <laughs> sit down and watch. No, I won't I... be running out to the movies <laughs> to see it, but I'm sure, you know, you'll review it for us in hmm. the future. No, I'm sure if, as someone who isn't a Bond fan, I would definitely say Daniel Craig's version of Bond is probably the most accessible for people just jumping in. The most, like, fan-friendly Bond out there. They're good films in general. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Especially if there's only four. For some reason, in my mind, there's been, like, ten. You know, with him. (laughs) That's because it's just, it's been, like, every 
two to three years. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely like spread out. That makes sense. Hmm. All right. So, all right. Well, what other trailer drops, Christian? We got a trailer for Black Widow. It's Marvel Phase 4 now. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you home? We have unfinished business. We have to go back to where it all started. Lucky us. One thing's for sure. It's gonna be a hell of a reunion. Still fits. Family. Back together again. You got fat. All right, Natasha's back. Um, from the dead. No, not really. A lot of people are actually... I'm surprised about the amount of people that are still confused that this is a prequel film. Like, uh, there's like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, she's back. Not everyone like lives in this nerd bubble, though, I Christian, guess. that we live in. So I, I can understand that. <laughs> no, but this is taking place uh, right after the events of Civil War yes. and right before the events of Infinity War. So, um, yes. So for those who might be confused mm. still. <laughs> All right. So I really dug this trailer. I, um, it's definitely a teaser trailer, mm. but, you know, it's a bloated tr- teaser trailer if there's such a thing, you know, where it, it's a good like two and a half minutes. Right. So it feels like teaser trailers are getting like longer and longer. Yeah. Um. You know, and then like the next trailer would be like final trailer. I was like, wait, what is that? What happened to the first trailer? <laughs> well, I feel like that's what happened with Star Wars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then they're still like releasing little mm. like trailers. Like I, it felt like every day this week they're releasing. If, a new... if I can be honest, I'm getting kind of pissed off with their marketing. Really? I feel like they're releasing so many clips and I'm like just trying not to yes. see any of this shit. Because you scroll through mm-hmm. and you'll accidentally see a new scene. So like I'm scrolling really fast because usually we'll watch it for the you know, podcast. But I'm like, okay, it's two weeks <laughs> out. I don't want to see anything new. I want to go in com- you know, mm-hmm. kind of blind at least. I've seen enough with the trailers and everything. Um, but I feel like... This movie more so than other movies, we're getting more like they're giving us more information than ever before. So I, I don't know, maybe they ha- they feel like they have to convince people to come to the theater this time out. You know, after you know how de- decisive like Last Jedi was, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's part of the reason. But I mean, enough already. But anyway, we're talking about Black yes. Widow. <laughs> I thought you had already gotten back into yes. it. I was like, wait a minute, he's still talking Star Wars. <laughs> All right. So, but yes, no, I really dug this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was surprised by what, you know, they brought to the table with uh, David Harbour's character as Red Guardian. I don't know what I was expecting, but I definitely wasn't expecting like this version of the character. It doesn't seem like he's a love interest for the Black Widow. No. Um, like he is in the comic. I, he's actually her husband, her ex-husband in the books. No, this definitely seems like a father role. Almost, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they were part of a team at some point. Um, she might have, like, broken him out of prison because there is a scene with, like, them, like, by a prison. So I'm not sure. I might be reading into mm-hmm. it. Um, we're introduced to uh, her sister, though, um, played by Florence Pugh. Um, they have a nice little, you know, mix-up in the very beginning of the trailer um, that I thought was well done. But it seems like they're one, like, happy family, at least. Um, you know, like, they're putting the band back together. Yes. That's kind of the vibe I got from the uh, trailer. 
Um, and then there was another person who I guess is supposed to be uh, Iron Maiden who's actually in the books. Um, she's typically a villain character for Black Widow. So like when I saw the teaser at first, I had no idea who this character was. I had to go like through, you know, the internet and try to like fish out who exactly, you know, this was. But so I was kind of surprised by, you know, her being um, in the film. Melina Vostikoff. Sure. <laughs> uh, playing by uh, Rachel Weiss. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a theory about her being in that family and everything so far. And based off of like her having villain ties and stuff like that. We did see in this trailer um, Taskmaster. Uh, there's a theory going around that maybe she is Taskmaster. Oh, interesting. And that she's playing both sides in the end. Or eventually she's just the villain that comes out. Huh. I don't know if I hate that or not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Taskmaster yes. um, in the books. So I wasn't like super pleased with the look of the character. You know, um, we saw some concepts art, you know, a while back. Mm. And like, I think uh, D23. And I, I was kind of startled by, you know, what we got here in the teaser, you know, based off what I saw on the concept art. Because I was like, well, that doesn't... like I was cool with the concept art. But then when I saw this, I was like, that's not what the concept art looked like at all. This looks like something like from like Power Rangers or something <laughs> weird. I, I like... I, listen, if you've got, you know, David Harbour in like full fucking Red Guardian. Yes. Like, you know, garb. Why can't Taskmaster just have a fucking skull mask? Like, why do you have to do this helmet look with him? I, I was okay with it at first, just because I know they kind of did something similar with Crossbones. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like giving him like this biker helmet thing. But then like, you know, you have David Harbour in like full fucking Red Guardian yeah. getup. And it's glorious. It's fantastic looking. So I don't know why they felt like they had to, you know, know. modernize Taskmaster. Like, give him the big fucking, you know, pirate <laughs> boots and, you know, the cape and everything like that. I would have been fine with that. And I think it would have totally worked. I think you would look more badass on the screen mm -hmm. than what we got here. Especially after the praise of, like, Mysterio. You would think they would, like, be like, okay, people are comfortable with these goofy costumes. Yes. Like, the like going comic accurate is mm -hmm. not a bad thing. It works on the screen. You've actually, like, built this world where people are accepting of these insane get-ups. Um, you know, and Taskmaster's outfit, you know, like, you could totally have had it, like, be, like, almost like a luchador mask or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, um, where it would have worked. And it would have made sense for this kind of, like, mercenary-type character. Now, I, I feel like it does fit, you know, kind of Black Widow's aesthetic and everything that they've been putting well, with the shield type gear and stuff like that with crossbones yes definitely. and that's mm -hmm. why i was kind of accepting of it at first but then when i saw it up close and actually on the screen it just looked so fucking like i don't know fox kids to me <laughs> well it's the light orange is what bothers me the most because it looks like nerf guns and nerf weapons oh on his uh bow and arrow yeah okay yeah no i i caught that too <laughs> so I, I definitely agree with that it 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 does look like he's actually like holding up the toy that they're trying to market exactly. to kids. <laughs> that I know they'll eventually make. So, I mean, he's such an awesome character. I just hope they do right by him and he's not just kind of like a throwaway thug, mm -hmm. you know, that they're just using for marketing to sell toys. Because he is a really cool character who, you know, should make for some awesome fight sequences. Like literally, you know, he's a character who trains other mercenaries to fight like heroes, you know. 
um you know so he can like basically he has all the moves like memorized for characters like hawkeye which Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's why he's got the bow and arrow or even characters like spider-man and stuff like that um so i would love for them to go with that and you know show that kind of fight style on screen where he kind of switches like up styles in the middle of a fight and everything like that i mean it'd be a great adversary for black Mm -hmm. widow to bounce off of but we'll see what happens, you know. I have a feeling he's going to be more of a, like, glorified, like, thug-type character. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I definitely don't see him as the main villain of this. No. Whatsoever. No. And then, okay, so Thunderbolt Ross is yes. in this. <laughs> but what's wrong with his face? I don't know, man. He looks like a plastic toy. Yeah, it's like the... So I'm assuming that this is actually a, a flashback scene to, mm. like, when she, like, first like you know becomes a spy or like joint shield or something like that um because there's no reason to de-age him since civil war happened in like 2015 2016 mm-hmm. so i feel like there is a shot of her de-aged but it just doesn't look anywhere near his grade okay yeah because he looks like shiny mm-hmm. and weird um that being said i did like everything that we saw like the brief glimpses we saw of like the red room shit where you had like all the widows it seemed like mm-hmm. training and everything like that that was pretty fucking i was cool. definitely getting like this equilibrium vibe where it's like maybe she's gonna tear through that and it's gonna be her just going after each widow <laughs> that'd be sweet i uh, mean uh what did you think of her with the uh, white costume it doesn't bother me. I like it. I, I thought actually, it was cool. I thought it was Makes cool. Makes sense. They're in a snow environment. She wore like, <laughs> she's like in like four different outfits. I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they're definitely going out <laughs> after that toy market. So, and I'll buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm super stoked for this movie. I can't wait for it to come out. I mean, we've got to wait till May. So I'm sure we'll get like 50 other trailers, you know, leading up to then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so far so good. No, I'm excited. This is like the first, I feel like the first big action movie trailer for 2020. So So. did it annoy you that like she's the only character without an accent? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I was like, if any time she could bring out her accent more, it would be here. Do you think it's just like, well, she's the ultimate spy, so she doesn't have that like, you know, signature sound like she's like trained herself no, so fuck like, that. I feel like it's laziness. <laughs> like she just didn't want to do I mean, she's never done the no. accent before, so it might be a little weird. True, but we have heard her speak in Russian. Yes. And maybe they'll do it in like a flashback scene when she's younger or something like that. And she's training in the Red Room. I hope so. I hope it's not just like Alana lost her accent moment, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, do you think we get cameos in this by like Nick Fury, um, Clint, Hawkeye? Um, do we get Tony Stark? Because that was the big rumor that you Tony know, Stark is definitely the big rumor, and I can totally picture him in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely could see uh, Nick Fury showing up. They already got the DH skin for him. <laughs> so did you catch, um, you know, her her vest? The vest that she, um, that oh, her sister's wearing. I didn't catch it, but then I saw like people posting it like fucking crazy. Do you? And the fact that she goes blonde, mm-hmm. you know, after Inf- Infinity War, right? Yeah. So, do you think that's going to be like some kind of like ode to her sister, maybe? Well, I'm hoping she's, that she's not dead. Well, if anything, she's snaps. rocking the vest and <laughs> she's got the blonde hair, unless she like takes over her identity or something, and that's you know just kind of plays into it. 
Because it is kind of odd. Because I was always like, why would they choose to, like, it can't just Die be like, oh, lines, this is yeah. my way of hiding. I was like, you're a really shitty spy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've got, like, the technology and the know-how to hide a little better than just dyeing your no. hair. I'm hoping, if anything, it's, it was just snapped or something. Not, you know, like... Because okay. I feel like this is a great way to introduce more characters. You're fleshing out the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So, but that, I think that'd be cool though if it was some kind of like homage to her sister or something and yeah. they just tie that in, you know, um, after the fact. I would be okay with that. Really shows their planning though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Yes, we have a movie to review Knives Out. And now, our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to request that you all stay until the investigation is completed. What? Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask. I'm gonna live till I die. You think one of his family walls, walls. killed? Is that what you're suggesting? You all love twisting the knife into one another. Up your ass. Oh, very nice. Matter of fact, eat shit. How's that? Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. Gonna dance. You know something. Spill it. I suspect. Foul play. And I have eliminated no suspects. <laughs> when a crime novelist dies just after his 85th birthday, an inquisitive detective arrives at his estate to investigate. He sits through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind the writer's untimely demise. All right, Christian, and that was Knives Out. Um, just up front, so everyone knows, this is going to be as spoiler-free as possible. Because yes. since it is a murder mystery movie, <laughs> we don't want to spoil it for anyone. If you don't want to go, like, if you want to go in with zero information, don't listen to the review. Yes. And we're going to go as light as possible. Yes. But, I mean, obviously <laughs> some spoilers are going to leak out. Um, all right. So, first of all, Christian, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was highly entertaining. Um... I loved the cast. Um, I could have probably like listened to Daniel Craig read the phone book with that fucking <laughs> accent. Um, and like I said, when we were, you know, talking about, you know, the Bond tr- uh, trailer, it was so jarring to hear that voice come mm. out of his mouth. Um, but I thought Ryan Johnson did such a great job directing this film. Um, you know, after Last Jedi and how divisive, you know, that film was. Um, you know, I kind of was a little hesitant, you know, um, especially since I loved the trailers so much for this movie. I am a big fan of like murder mysteries. Um, but you know, I sat there and I enjoyed this whole film. Um, and I really loved like the dialogue and, you know, the aesthetics that he brought to, you know, a lot of those like kind of murder mystery, like tropes, you know, and visuals that Mm -hmm. you get in those kind of classic movies. Um, you know, I, I just felt like this was a fine piece of work on his part. Um, and the cast, I mean, it's such a great like ensemble, like cast and like 
you know, every character is, you know, super likable and you want to like hang out with them more and more. Um, you know, the performances were all so well done. Um, it, it really was a treat. Um, for me, the only problem I really had with this movie was that it wasn't much of an actual mystery, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I guess, I mean, he's kind of like turning the genre on its head and everything. And, you know, it was something different, but like, I enjoy that aspect of, you know, a movie like this. Um, so the fact that they give you like a huge part of, you know, the puzzle right off the bat, um, kind of was off-putting for me. Um, that being said, I still like was entertained by the movie, but I felt like it made the final reveal feel kind of flat. Um, so... But that being said, like I walked out of the theater entertained. Um, it just wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I, I think I was just like, you know, during like that classic final scene that you get in like all murder mystery movies, um, I was expecting the other shoe to drop mm. the entire time um, where you'd get like, you know, almost like a double turn or, you know, something like that to use wrestling terminology, but something where it'd be like, oh, wait a second, you know, you know, you thought you were going down this path, but you know, you know, here's, you know, some new evidence or, you know, some new information that would just totally like throw you for a loop. And I kept on expecting that moment and it never really Mm. showed up. So it did, like I said, it, it, I didn't feel like it stuck its landing, if you will. I think my mind came up with like a hundred like twists that just didn't happen. That's that's what happened for me. Like I, I agree, it felt flat right at the very end. Mm-hmm. While I do um, agree, I loved all the characters. I loved, you know, um, how it was shot, all the different elements, like you know, the little visual cues of the knives and the, the different things in the house that could have like. I mean, it could have just been like. It was pretty much like the Clue House at some certain points. Yes. And you're really thinking about it. That's not a bad thing. No. But yeah. It... Um, and I thought that was all enjoyable, but to um, to play off your analogy of it being a puzzle, yeah, we got the big center put for us, and then it was just like the little pieces that we got around it weren't exciting enough to really hook it for me. Yeah. and I, uh, But like back to the performances, mm. though. I mean, I felt like uh, Anna Diarmas who I hope I'm saying her name right. <laughs> She's actually in the Bond movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, co-starring with Daniel Craig, which is crazy because these are two like completely different roles, it seems like. No, I'm telling you, Damon, when every time he talked, I was like, that's not him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> it is bizarre, right? It, it, it totally throws you for a loop. Uh-huh. Um, but that's what I love about it. Um, she was fantastic though in the movie. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was super fun. Um, Michael Shannon's always awesome in whatever he does. Um, but and Don Johnson, like they felt like it felt like Ryan Johnson like wrote these roles for these actors in mind because it they just felt like perfect fits, you know, for their acting style. So it just it felt like just it, the cast had such great chemistry. Mm-hmm. But with that said. Like loving those actors with their roles and everything, I was kind of hoping like so because they gave us so much information, we got less of an investigation throughout the entire mm-hmm. film. So I was kind of hoping maybe we we got because at, at the beginning it starts off with kind of like as the, as they show in the trailer, 
you know, they're investigating each person and they tell their story and we get to see a little bit pieces of the party and stuff like that from different perspectives. And you can see how it's kind of askew from each person's yeah. perspective. It's a classic exactly. like, murder mystery setup. Yeah. I was hoping for way more of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted more like we can see the characters break down a little bit, you know, see where they're lying, see where they're telling the truth. Kind of see how that all interwove. And I thought, man, all these actors and actresses, those are the perfect people to play those types of roles. Yes, and it would keep you guessing mm-hmm. and keep you on your toes the entire time. Where you think it's taking you down one road and then and you do a complete 180 and mm-hmm. you're completely turned around. Um, that That's what I was expecting, but that's not what this movie is about. No. It's more about the dynamics between the characters. There is a lot of great like social commentary like also like throughout the film. like More than mm-hmm. I was expecting. Um, which I'm surprised that we haven't heard a lot about, like online and everything like that, because I could also see that be really decisive for some fans. Um, I loved every second of it, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I, I was, I was surprised with what he, you know, brought overall to the genre. Um, but at the same time, like you said, I was, I still wanted more of that mystery, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. Let's talk about Chris Evans. <laughs> you want to talk about like a jarring, uh-huh. like, you know, different type of role for an actor. Chris Evans. I like I I don't think I've seen him in anything, you know, but like Avenger films, you know, That's MCU true. movies in the like the last like 10 years. I think the last mm-hmm. movie I saw him in that wasn't an MCU role was like Sunshine from like literally like almost 10 years ago. Um, so it was bizarre to see him play this, you know, completely different character, but really enjoyable. It's like, man, he could fucking act because like <laughs> it, it took me maybe a minute or two to get past the fact that this is Steve Rogers, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the screen um, before I completely got engulfed in the movie again, where I was like, OK, no, this is totally a different character. And he felt more like Johnny Storm to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a great performance yeah. by him also. No, yeah, it, it was like it took a couple seconds, but then I did rem- like remember like his role in like Scott Pilgrim and mm-hmm. um, not another teen movie. He can play the asshole, yeah, so well, <laughs> yeah, snarky asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm just a, a fun character, really, you know. And Don Johnson is having quite the year, right? Like him in Watchmen, and then this movie and everything like that. I was like, Don Johnson needs to get more roles because he was really <laughs> enjoyable in this also. And then Tony Collette is just—I mean, she's awesome in everything. Mm-hmm. Go see this movie. I really, I do recommend <laughs> this movie, even though I wasn't like thrilled with the ending. Just highly entertaining. Yes. Uh, if you had to give it a grade, I would give it a B. I'm going to give it a B minus. Fair enough. I think just for me. Um, because of that big piece, I knew there had to be a twist. So I immediately start like, well, now I'm deducing who, like, what could possibly be that twist. And I was correct by the end, and I didn't like that I was It's killing me it. that we're going spoiler-free. I could, <laughs> I could give you, like, ten different scenarios that I had going in uh-huh. my head at the time, and none of them were right. Mm. So, and I think it... I don't know. It almost added to like the letdown, you know. So it just it feeling flat, like we're, yes. we're saying. So the, that's why I gave it a B. Because otherwise, you know, if that element was there, that mystery, it would have been an A in my book. So. No, it's you know, great visuals, great sound. Yeah, uh, really, it's worth seeing. It's definitely yes. worth seeing. Absolutely. All right, Damon. Let's talk some wrestling. 
That is a hell of an absolute, and I do not deal in absolutes because you say you won't wrestle me. I need to wrestle you at full gear. You made a decision to throw in that towel. That was not your decision to make. It was only my decision. And you owe it to me because I handpicked you, Max. I handpicked you when nobody else wanted you. And I have a lot of emails and texts that can back that up, whether they thought you were too short, whether they thought that you were hood rich and the scarf that you cling to is indeed a fake, or whether it was that you do the worst crossroads in all of wrestling, at least they're botching it on two channels now. Damon hates wrestling. All right, Christian, so the Wednesday Night Wars march on. Uh, this week, um, after being defeated in the ratings for the first time, I believe, uh, last week, AEW just squeaked by NXT, yeah. um, scoring an 8 or 0.8500.3 something <laughs> to a uh, 0.84, yes. right? Um, yeah, so barely... Barely. Literally like a 5,000 uh, viewer margin. Yes. Um, we didn't really get to talk about last week's uh, ratings, no. but I mean, it did make sense that, you know, NXT would pull off the win, mm -hmm. um, you know, after having such an insane, like, lead-in. The entire weekend was all about NXT with, um, you know, WWE, um, Survivor Series, and from, like, or, like TakeOver. Um, so it, it makes sense that they would have more eyes on the product and everything like that. And I think just with, um, AEW skewing younger, I mean, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is a huge bar night. So I definitely feel like a lot of their audience was elsewhere, you know, <laughs> enjoying themselves. So, um, but that's being said, um, this week being so close, I don't think is necessarily a great sign for AEW. Um, you know, it's pretty much, it felt split, um, down the middle. Um, you know, and I, I feel like a part of the problem for me is just the way they've been booking after the pay-per-view. I feel like they didn't really capitalize on a lot of their bigger angles that they shot, um, you know, for the show, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Cody Rhodes, you know, MJF stuff in particular, I felt like they needed to capitalize on that more. I'm okay with Cody not being on the show, you know, the week after the pay-per-view. I'm fine with him selling his injuries and everything like that. You did have MJF out there, you know, cutting a promo and everything like that. But I felt like it became more about him and Chris Jericho and not, you know, about him and, you know, Cody Rhodes. And I'm saying that in hindsight because at the time I loved it. But the fact that then, like, the next week, you didn't have Cody come out, you know, and cut a promo. Instead, you had, you know, him getting jumped by this really bizarre tag team <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, it just felt like bizarre booking to me, mm. you know? Last like, week was definitely a misstep for AEW. Yeah, you know, I loved, like, the, you know, the start of the show. Um, I know it kind of has, like, people, like, torn. Some people thought it went too long and everything, but I can watch Jericho right now, you know, all all show long, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I popped for that whole segment. 
But I understand why some people would have been like, okay, this is way too much. Because it was a good, like, 15, 20 minutes long. Well, yeah, but it wasn't just that. It was the fact that I couldn't understand half the things he was saying because mic problems. Yeah, yeah. And it, that makes you feel bush-like. Mm-hmm. You know? Because that's something you don't even think about, like, on other shows. So, and then the fact that those same sound problems continued this week, you know, in the first, like, 10 minutes of that Young Buck match... I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is like week eight. Like, this is like first week problems. Not like, you know, two months in to your show. Like, this is something you should have completely ironed out at this mm-hmm. point. It should be getting worse, at least. So, um, but yeah, no, I last week definitely felt, I, I can agree, it, it definitely felt like kind of a misstep and everything like that. Where I understand that they don't have monthly pay-per-views to book, you know, for... Um, But at the same time, like, if this is the direction you're going to, you gotta, like, keep those angles hot. Um, So I felt like this week they did a better job with that. You know, Cody coming out and cutting, like, an impassionate, like, Mm -hmm. promo and everything like that. But, I mean, I felt like that's what should have been done last week, honestly. Um, But, yeah, now I'm trying to think what else happened this week. Well, I mean, if we were to focus on that uh, promo in general... that was still another damn good promo by Yes. Him. No. <laughs> he is the best mm. baby face going right now in any promotion. Bar none. So that's I think another problem with the way that they booked that, you know, the couple weeks after the pay-per-view. It's like he should have been on screen after that, you know, first show. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, selling the injury more, you know, cutting that impassionate promo against MJF and everything like that and setting things up. Have him do the promo and then have him get jumped by, you know, Blade and Bunny or what the fuck else they're calling them. Dark Order Light, I guess. (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't understand, like, what's with all these weird little groups that are popping up in, like, AEW. They feel so redundant to me right now. Mm. Because you've got um, Brandy running around with Kong and what the hell is she calling them? The Nightmare Collective. Which, like, she just, like, spewed out there like it was already a thing and maybe it was something they shot on YouTube or something that I missed. But I was like, what did you just say? Nightmare Collective? Now, I will say the execution of the segment when it first started. So, like, the match ends and everything and I felt like that transition into Kong being there was awesome. I was like, out of nowhere, it's like, there's a million ways to die. That she's one, and I felt like that was like the perfect transition. But then, as they got into it, and she starts talking about everything, it was like, where where are you going with this? Why why are you connected to the Nightmare Family? Why is this even a thing? Yes, and like yeah, and she what she's like. I think Brandy's line was like, you know, um, you know, I everyone's talking about us, wondering why. I was like, no one's talking about you. No <laughs> one's wondering why. You know. Um, not in the way that you think they're wondering mm. why, at least. Like, more of why am I fucking seeing this on my screen right now um, when you have so many other talented women in the back. Uh, I'm fine with it. It's just, like, her managing Kong. If that's mm. what this is leading to. And she's more of, you know, just, like, the mastermind behind Kong. Then fine. Um, but, like, I don't know. They totally did this, like, straight-edge society angle. Um which is fine, but I don't know. Like, there's too much of that happening on the show. Back to my original point. Like, you've got, like, I almost said the New Order. The Dark Order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be a whole different, you know, kind of show if the New Order was there. Um, the Dark Order, um, 
you know, uh, having these promo packages, which they should have done, like... In the beginning. Yes, introducing the faction. I will say this one was very weak for me. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really been that into any of them. I can appreciate what they're trying to do, but at the same time, I feel like it's too little too late. Um, and then, like like I said, you're. I feel like you're watering them down by having these other groups, like the Nightmare Connection or what the fuck they're calling themselves, <laughs> and then you know Blade and Bunny and you the know, butcher, the but the butcher. There we go. That's the name I was looking for. I mean, are they all going to end up being together at some point? I can see that Just one giant I'm, evil faction. I'm but... an attitude era guy, so I'm getting like this like dark <laughs> ministry like kind of feel. You know, or the, was it the Corporation of, oh God, what the fuck do they call it when uh, McMahon and Undertaker? Oh, Corporate Ministry. The Corporate Ministry, yeah. yes, yes. The laziest fucking <laughs> <laughs> in the world. Fucking Midian running around. Uh, but anyway, but um, at least I'm these, getting that kind of vibe from this. At least these three make sense. If they were to work together, I guess. they're all from that kind of dark cloud of... Wherever the fuck they're from. You're know? talking about Blade and Butcher and yeah. Bunny? Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I think part of the two was execution. At first, when they you know debuted, they came through the ring, which was really flat. Uh-huh. And just, I mean, like, stop coming through the ring with the lights on. Because I, th- I feel like I've seen that. <laughs> it I'm, was so f- weird when yes. you just see the like map pop out of nowhere. And that's been a recent thing. Like, it's happened a couple times this year with people, like, coming through the ring with the fucking lights on. Mm-hmm. It works better with the lights off or, you know, even, like, fucking, you know, even though the I red lighting. It, the red light, <laughs> you know, that um, Bray uses. But, like, him just, like, popping up. just And you could kind of see the map moving at first. And then all of a sudden his head pops up. It just didn't work. You know, it didn't have the same effect that I think they were really, like, wanting mm-hmm. to go for. So. Well, what really hurt that segment was just they weren't explaining who these people were. Well, that's what I was getting to. It was, yeah. like, Excalibur, um, you know, it was, like, knew who they were. And Jim Ross, at first, I was annoyed with because he kept it like, who? What? Um, but I, looking back at it, like, it was more on Excalibur not, like, explaining mm-hmm. who were we seeing. Because he knew who they were. So then tell us, oh, this is Blade and Bunny from blah, 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 you know? Because Cody kind of does it in his promo. I don't know if you noticed that this week. Where he says, I've seen you on Bar Wrestling. You know, I've seen you in some other federation that he named. You know, where he's kind of, like, setting them up. Oh, this is an established team, you know, mm-hmm. that has been around, you know. For a while so that was fine like if he would have done that and that would have made them seem a little more legit and like a bigger deal but instead like it just felt weird and just off kilter with jim ross not knowing what the fuck is going on so it just felt kind of bush leg honestly so it felt very tna if you will mm-hmm. you know and not in a good way <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. So besides like kind of redundant like gimmicks, um, I've enjoyed the show otherwise. You know, like I like what they did with uh, Jungle Boy this week and the Jurassic Express. I thought that was fun. Um, I like what's going on with Moxley. Um, I thought Jericho's promo was great with his like lexicon of um, <laughs> the, the champion. Yes. Right. Um, I thought that was fun. Um 
you know, he's kind of playing off, you know, his greatest hits, you know, with the list and, you know, um, a man of a thousand and one holds, but I thought it worked. So, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'm curious to see what they do with Jungle Boy, especially, you know, they allowed him to talk, um, you know, and I could see a scenario where he could actually end up getting a win over Jericho because they kind of set up, you know, if you listen to what they're saying, like, I know I can last 10 minutes with mm. you is the line that Jungle Boy uses. So I'm wondering if it's going to end up being kind of a stipulation in the Yeah, I was, I, I was almost like, are they going to set up like a last man standing? Or is it going to be like a time limit? Type yeah, match, or like, what's... you know, where Jericho mm. has to beat him within 10 minutes or something like that. And maybe they could do because I don't know if it's technically supposed to be a title match. So if they do something where... They didn't announce that. Yes. So I'm wondering if they're going to do something where if he, like, lasts the 10 minutes, then he gets the title match. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be kind of fun. And I think that'd be a good way to get Jungle Boy over. Um, Because, I mean, like Jericho said, you know, he hasn't had a win on TV yet at all. So, I mean, there's no reason for your casual fans to really, you know, give a shit about Jungle Boy at this point. So this would be a great way to kind of like propel him into No, like I think spotlight. he'd get a great pop from it as well. Yes, yes. And the crowd's still really into everything that they're seeing, it seems like. Um, you know, but there was a few things that didn't work for me. Um the Christopher Daniels match I thought was was pretty weak. I don't Was that on time. purpose? Tell me, was that on purpose? Was that a like it looked like it was on purpose because it was so awkward uh-huh. where I don't think, I, I don't and know. And we're talking about his botch spot where he's supposed to do, um, I believe he does kind of like a moon flip. Uh, Moonsaults off the third off row the third onto row. the outside. Yes. yes. Um, the ramp was back this week, which I thought was weird, but whatever. Um, it looked like it was on purpose because I was like, I don't think you could. Like, I don't think he can do it that bad. I don't know. Because his leg yeah. barely even got over the rope. Now, supposedly they're having issues with the third rope all night long, and there was a couple other wrestlers who kind of slipped on it. Um, and then but, you've got Ray Phoenix just running on it. Like yes, that's what I was... I, sure. I didn't see any of that, but people were claiming that online. Um, I'm wondering if this is going to end up being like a bigger angle, like, you know, mm. with, um, with SCU. You know, like, we're like, you know, maybe like... Christopher Daniels is over the hill or something like that, and he feels like he's got to prove himself to the team. I'm booking on the fly right now. But <laughs> I'm wondering if that's going to be, like, some kind of angle mm-hmm. that they end up doing, you know, with Christopher Daniels and everything like that. I mean, he's in his mid-40s, if not his late 40s right now. So I remember watching, like, Christopher Daniels in, like, the mid to late 90s on Windy City Pro Wrestling. So, I mean... He's definitely older at this point. So, and he's kind of like taking, I think he's actually technically a coach for them right now. So I don't know if this is their way to kind of like, you know, I don't know, like phase him out and like lead to his retirement or give him one last run. Um, But it just, it, it felt like a setup botch because it was just too ridiculous looking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but maybe it was just a botch. Maybe it is what it is. One of the things it didn't help the match though. (laughs) It definitely didn't help. No, Uh, one of the things that's been bothering me, and I wonder if there's a specific reason why they're doing this. Why can't the team members ever be with them? Whenever Christopher Daniels comes out, or um, it's one of the Lucha brothers, they don't like. Even they they announced Ray Phoenix coming out, and they're like followed by Pentagon Junior, and he never showed up. 
Yeah, that w- I did notice that mm-hmm. too. Like it, it feels like that's a missed opportunity that like adds a different dynamic to the match. But maybe they don't want that. Maybe they want it to be a straight one on one match for some reason. Um, but at least maybe say something like, "Oh, and this is strictly one on one. They cannot have their partners." And maybe we're just so used to like WWE and the way they do things. But I feel like we've seen that elsewhere too. Mm. Like we've seen that in New Japan. So I don't think that's. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the expectation, and there's nothing wrong with that because I do feel like it adds another dynamic to the match. So I don't, and I feel like we've seen. No, yeah, they've done it on the show. Yeah, with, with like tag teams coming out and supporting each other on one on one matches. Especially like they do it with the best friends every week. Yeah, you know, but no other team seems to be able to have that dynamic going on. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why. I mean, maybe the guys weren't there. <laughs> All right, well, the moment of the night. Did you catch the Nyla Rose segment? Yes, I did. Did you catch what happened during the commercial break? Oh, when they, when they picture in picture. The, the uh, Baker <laughs> yes. moment? I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was hilarious. Yes, I didn't catch it. I saw it on social media. Mm. Like, during, like, I didn't, I wasn't, they did I don't re-sh- watch the picture on picture. They you did watch? re-show it later on in the night as well. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you watch the picture on picture? Um, I watch it while I'm fast forwarding through it. I like the way that they time it out on um, AEW more so than they do on mm-hmm. WWE's, like, you know, uh, TV shows. Um, it feels like they kind of like do these kind of like almost like behind the scene or after the match segments, which I feel like is a good way to do it. Um, it keeps my interest a little more, but still not enough. It's still weird for me to sit there. Like I, for me, when I see a commercial, I want to just fast forward. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, my eyes naturally draw to the bigger <laughs> screen that's flashing a bunch of stuff at me. Yes, so it's yes. hard for me to try to even focus. On well, that. I always wait like 10, 15 minutes until after the show starts, so mm. I can fast forward a little. No, I, I usually wait 30 minutes and do then you? I'll start watching yeah, it. Yeah, right. That makes sense. So, fuck commercials. Um, <laughs> but no, I did see that, I think, on Instagram they posted. I was mm. like, oh, look at that. So, um, that's awesome, though. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I definitely enjoyed AEW more this week than I did last week. Um, You know, and not that last week was a bad show. It just, I don't know. I know there was just definitely some things that weren't clicking for me. Um, I do wish they, and this is going to sound weird, I feel like they're doing too much, like, comedy, you know, at times. And there's, like, almost too many gimmicks. I would rather see them almost go, you know, not completely, but almost more of that, like, New Japan route. Um, You know, just have a different level of seriousness for certain matches. And I don't know if it's just because, like, Jericho's the champion right now and so much of his character is based on comedy. Um, But I kind of miss that, like, you know, New Japan style where it is super serious and Mm -hmm. it definitely feels like, you know, a straight, like, athletic, like, competition in the ring. And is that really what was I was really expecting with AEW, you know, when they were kind of first selling you on the show, you know, especially with like, you know, them doing the records and then them having the rankings, which I love. I love that they're, you know, doing that and they're sticking to that. Um, I love that we're still hearing like the time limit like mm-hmm. shout out like in the middle of the match and getting like little warnings and everything. Um, but just tone overall i would love to go like to see them just go more of that serious route especially i think it, in my mind it was the jericho and scorpio sky match um you know there's a little too much like i don't know haha and I, I never felt like there was a a chance of scorpio sky winning that match um 
you know, and I think that was kind of what brought the whole show down for me last week. Um, I was expecting a much more serious, closer mm. match. I didn't feel like we got that um, last week. So, I don't know. We'll see. And uh, Omega wasn't on the show this week. No, he was not. And I felt like he was announced. Uh, you know, maybe it was for Dark, and I oh. just misread the post. But I thought he was supposed to be in action, at least. Um, how do you feel about Moxley before we I, move on? I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed... Um... You know, what they're doing with him. He seems to be the only character that doesn't get to do comedy as much as everyone else. Yeah, he had so, the li- one little <laughs> line with yeah, Joey Canella. We're kids. <laughs> that works for him, you know? It's... Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I like that, you know. I hope to see more of that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need the hokey gimmicks, you know, and I don't need tons of fucking, like, cornball shit. You know, give well, me more Moxley-like mm-hmm. characters. I'm hoping we get there. Like, especially with a Jericho versus Moxley feud. I would love to see them get as serious as possible just to like rewrite what they did in the past where it was like the most campy yes. thing in the world. What was the name of the match? Um, the Ambrose Asylum match. Oh, God. Which wasn't that bad. It was horrible. <laughs> it was bad. You know, mm. it felt like such a fucking like toy set, like waiting to be like sold as an exclusive at Toys R Us. I'm sure it might have actually been an exclusive at Toys R Us. <laughs> Like, the uh, weapons hanging? I don't know. Man. I didn't have any issue with, uh, you know, Jericho's promo where he's pretty much just kept saying, I'm never going to face Moxley. Yeah. He kept... I, I, that's, I love everything Jericho said. I'm talking out of both sides I of my know. mouth. And like, I love it, but at the same time, I do, I agree. It's, there is a lot of fucking comedy. Yes, because, I mean, you've got, you know, and I know the Dark Order's not supposed to be, you know, comedic, but I, I think it's more just the hokiness, you know, like mm-hmm. the Dark Order, Jurassic Express, you know, like those kind of groups. There's too many of those running around and not just like straight up like wrestlers out there. So, um, you know, I, I, I want more Cody, obviously. I want to see where the feud is going with MJF, and I'm sure that'll be more of a focus. They did set up, I believe, where the um not the dark order almost called the dark the where the bunny and the butcher they can name cody's yes partner. um qt marshall what what was that the, the name of the his partner will be qt marshall oh yes okay they, they announced just... it later on in the show oh i did it not was even literally in the corner like, of what the did screen? you just say to me christian <laughs> <laughs> i believe it's qt or it's qj okay yeah it's qt marshall because i was expecting them to name like mjf Yes, that's, that's what, my first thought too. I was right? Like, oh, they're gonna say MJF, but, but QT Marshall. So, do you think this is like another member of their faction? No, I don't think so. It's gonna be like the Baker or something. <laughs> <laughs> and now the Baker. Yeah. God. <laughs> Just comes out with a mask. Oh lord. No, I feel like it's someone that can job out for them. Pretty quick. Yes. All right. So I totally missed that. Was that did they act like that was an established wrestler already on the show? Um, I I couldn't tell. It's like some job guy that they have. It's on there. Just, I I haven't seen him. Maybe he's okay. been on dark. I'll have I just to look haven't it noticed. Up. But just so everyone knows, we're flying blind right now. <laughs> we have no internet, so we can't Google anything. So if we're making mistakes, you'll you'll have to deal with it. We apologize. So, um, but all right. So let's move on to NXT. I did not catch the show. Um, you know, I saw the results, um, but this is kind of like 
overall, it's weird to say, but I feel like NXT is the show that's more serious in tone, mm-hmm. um, which I wouldn't have expected, you know, um, at the beginning, you know, when AEW was first starting off. But it feels like it's more about the ring work um, right now. So um, I, I did enjoy that with like last week's show. I thought they did a good job of capitalizing on you know survivor series and the win i did not like the little party they had in the very beginning of the show i felt that that was really fucking corny but you know whatever i i I did like that they at least talked about the fact that they like won the weekend Mm -hmm. and everything like that um but i like that they were like straight into business i will say that um we saw that you know finn is not aligned with um the undisputed era which you know people were kind of speculating about um you know, that he's going to be his own man. I don't know if that's the right move with him right now. Um, just because I feel like, it, I don't know. I don't want him to be in this like tweener role either. So, and I feel like this is kind of leading into like a, like, you know, I don't know, a, a triple threat match down the line. Do you so. think it's just because they know he's going to get cheered no matter what? But you don't want to fully commit to him being a heel. I don't know. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I think uh, the last show with him was that, you know, like they need to change his fucking entrance music. Mm-hmm. He needs to stop playing to the crowd so much. Um, you know, I do like this version of Finn that we're seeing in the ring, at least. I like that his like um, his arsenal has like, you know, changed a lot. You know, his moveset and everything like that. Um, we're seeing moves that he hasn't done in years. I think that's cool. But at the same time, I still feel like he's playing to the crowd. And, you know, I feel like he's a segment away from being a face mm-hmm. again. Which I was like, no, that he's supposed to be a heel. Let him be a dastardly, cowardly even heel. Um, you know, I don't need another cool guy heel out there. And that's what it's. it feels like they're going to play him up as. So especially if it's going to be like a three-way dance between, you know, Ciampa and Cole and him, you know. Um, so I would have much rather had him start with the like his whole heel turn with mm-hmm. another person. I guess they're booking on the fly right now, though, because, you know, it was originally supposed to be Johnny that he was supposed to be going up against. So maybe this is kind of like a forced circumstance for them. Um, but yeah, no, that's my that, that's my only like criticism you know, really right now. Um, How cool would it be if he stole it from Cole? Stole Undisputed Era? That would be awesome. And that would be a huge heel move. Mm-hmm. And Cole, I feel like, is primed to turn face just because he's so over with the crowd mm-hmm. right now. And he could be a huge fucking white hot baby face if they wanted him to be. Um, I love Adam Cole as a heel, but I want every wrestler to be a heel. Yeah. That's just my <laughs> personal like preference. So, but um, yeah, he's so swarmy as a heel though. He's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, that w- that could work though. That'd be a good way to you know keep his momentum as a heel. Just... If he stole a fan favorite faction mm-hmm. from Adam Cole, like Undisputed Era, and you know made him you know his own group, that could work. I like that idea a lot actually. Keith Lee um, has been great. Um, you know, they're really capitalizing on what happened with him over Survivor Series. McMahon's obviously fallen in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like, you know, he was kind of like in limbo as a character where, you know, he they, they never gave him like a big enough push, it felt mm-hmm. like. They would talk about him a lot, but then like I was seeing him lose matches here and there. 
So it's like now they're like 100%, you know, behind, you know, pushing him. So we'll see what that leads to. Um, well, I'm just glad that, you know, this feud with Dijakovic is kind of like past. We're going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> I hope that's true. So, um, but it seems like they're going to be inserting him into the title picture too. Uh, uh, Raw was your typical, I, I can't even say it was a shitty show. I should pump the brakes on that because it wasn't. It was entertaining to a certain extent. It's just a lot really didn't happen on this show at all. Um, and especially with like a pay-per-view a week out. Yeah. Um, next know, or, week. What, two weeks out? Two weeks out. Two but weeks. Still, still, next week is the go-home show for the pay-per-view. And there's not even, a, I don't think there's a match like set for this show at this point. And maybe they announced something on, you know, .com, but I have not. I don't think there's a match set at all. So I thought, like, after this episode, we'd have a lot more matches, like, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go for TLC, but that was not the case at all. Um, Man, but I remember the, when, like, TLC was all about Edge and everything and his feuds. <laughs> so the problem is, with all these fucking pay-per-views, these themed pay-per-views, is they're all gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. driven, and... With this PG era, you it it just feels so watered down and pointless. They need to get away from this, you know. They need to stop with the Hell in the Cells and the TLCs mm. and what's the other one that they do? It's like a no, um, like a no hold barred one. Oh, Extreme Rules! Extreme Rules! There we go! Extreme Rules. One, it's super fucking redundant. Two, they can't live up to the fucking hype. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially when you can go on the network and see, like, those pay-per-views from just, like, five, ten years ago. Um, what those shows used to look like. Um, it, it's just, I mean, it does the wrestlers such a disservice. Because they're kind of booked into a corner where, like, okay, I've got to work this stupid gimmick match. And try to get this gimmick over without really, you know, selling you know, this, you know, this whole idea of getting hit by a chair or, you know, being in a fucking cage. Like, back in the day, a cage match was guaranteed fucking blood. You know, mm. that was a guarantee. Nowadays, no. It's this watered down. The cage doesn't even matter half the time. It's just used to keep the wrestlers in the ring, which was originally the whole idea. But you knew you were going to get something fucking, you know, bloods and blood and guts, you know, wise. It was a perfect blow-off for a feud. And now half the time, they start off these feuds oh, uh, in yes. like the fucking cage, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Fucking Rollins and Bray White started off in the Hell in the Cell. That was their first match. It makes no fucking sense, storytelling-wise. So I feel like they constantly book themselves into a fucking corner because they, they just have no respect for their fucking fan base anymore. Um... I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So it's fine to just have a pay-per-view and just have a stupid name on it and not have a theme around it. You like know? Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not that name. <laughs> but bring back No Mercy or, yes. you know, I mean... God, Unforgiven. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just fine to have a cheesy name mm-hmm. and just have a fucking pay-per-view for a pay-per-view sake, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I... I don't know. Like Kevin Owens seems to be running strong again, um, which is a good thing. I mean, the crowd is just so behind him because they buried that character on SmackDown, you know, a couple months back mm-hmm. with the whole Shane McMahon angle. So the fact that you know the fans are back behind him again is great. Um, 
I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Seth. It feels like they're just going like long-form storytelling-wise with his heel turn, um, where he doesn't realize he's a heel yet. Um, but I feel like they will pay it off and he'll get there um, eventually. It definitely feels like he's in cahoots with AOP. I did enjoy Kevin Owens like actually being a smart baby face for once. And, you know, Rollins tries to set up a match with, you know, him tagging with Owens against AOP. And Owens is like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. I know how this is going to end. It's going to end up with like all three of you beating my ass. So he just said no, and that was it. I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> Good for you. You've yes. watched wrestling before. <laughs> so, because I mean, I mean, so much of the way he was booked, like the last six months, he's such a dumbass, you know, that like, I mean, the shitty fucking gimmick that match that he set himself up into against Shane with like no fucking payoff for himself if he won the match. Um, just ridiculousness. So it feels like he's back on track at mm. least. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise it was really not much happened on that show. So feels like we're going to have some kind of like, you know, set up for like maybe like a multi-man match for the U.S. title, maybe against Ray. Um, okay. you know, that was the biggest highlight. Of... Oh, it's it's got to be a ladder match, isn't it? Oh yeah. Cause they probably. have to do a theme they for each They have to one. do, right? There's always a chairs match, a tables yeah, match. TLC. A, so you gotta yeah. have a tables, a ladder, and a chairs match. And what the fuck is a chairs match? Even back in the day when these like gimmicks mattered, a chairs match was always ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's like, what can you do in a chairs match? You can use a chair. That's, yeah, that's but about still, it. Like you could do that in a ladder <laughs> match, just no DQ. <laughs> you know, and a tables match mm-hmm. for that matter. So, but whatever. Um but yeah, no, overall, pretty like, I don't know, nothing happening week for WWE. Now, because of where we like record the shows, we have not seen SmackDown, obviously, yet. Um, I know it was more of the same with Baron Corbin, you know, this past week, um, where we're fucking starting off the show with Corbin and Ro- Roman Reigns. Um, I am so uninterested in anything going on SmackDown right now. Um, like I'm literally sitting here mm-hmm. staring at you, trying to think of what the fuck happened. Usually, I could pull up the show on the <laughs> internet, but I can't because I really don't feel like anything really much happened. Oh, Daniel Bryan got scalped by Bray Wyatt. He uh he came through the fucking ring, yeah. pulled Daniel Bryan down, and then all of a sudden, uh, fucking handful of like handfuls of like Daniel Bryan's hair so he's started to shoot out of uh the hole in the ring. I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe, you know, Wyatt like shaved his head or his beard or something. It was a lot of hair. So he can't show up next week. We're going to get old Brian. Like, yeah, (laughs) he can't show up with like full head of hair. You know, he's got to have some kind of like a look change at least, you know, to sell what happened on the show. Because that would just be absolutely ridiculous. Um, Wyatt should make a puppet out of his hair. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe. Oh, did you see uh, Wyatt's new uh, title? Yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Christian? I, I don't see the point. I already didn't like the blue title. I was like, this looks like a cheap toy. But this really looks like a plastic cheap toy. Like, like they would just... Make but it's not cheap. They're fucking... Tr- 6, they're selling it yeah. for $6,000. Tom Savini would have to come <laughs> to my house... And make the title in front of me for me to even think about paying $6,000 for that goddamn thing. 
That is insane. But some dumbass out there fucking bought that title right away. I guarantee it. Because there's no reason why they would price it that amount unless they thought at least a few people would fucking, mm-hmm. you know, buy the thing. So, because $6,000, that's insane. It doesn't even look like they put a lot of detail into no. it. It's just the face and heel and her on it. Yes. It looks like the mask stretch out, stretched out over a leather strap. Mm-hmm. That's it. It really, I was actually disappointed. Um, I, there's so much more they could have done with mm-hmm. that. What if they fucking took Bray's actual face and like kind of like the lantern? Jeez. and str- Yeah, how terrifying would that be? <laughs> That'd be scarier than the fucking mask, uh-huh. right? Um, th- this way, it just looks like they cut open a fucking mask and literally stretched it over a fucking leather belt. Mm-hmm. And they want to charge people $6,000. Like, it has to be, like, made to order or something like that by Savini himself. That's the only reason I could see it, like, to, like actually cost that amount. Because, I mean, you think about those other titles that are actually fucking, you know, metal and, like, you know, weigh, like, 10 pounds. What the fuck? Like, how are those so much cheaper than this thing? (laughs) Um, Latex does not cost that much money. So, but yeah, no. Um, That being said, I did enjoy uh, the Firefly Funhouse this week. It was really fucking bizarre. There was shit with... They did the Muscle Man dance again. They had the lizard people. Yes. Which... Explaining Thanksgiving. I... (laughs) I didn't get it. I popped for it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't get it because it didn't make any sense for the feud, I guess, for me. I don't like, know, it didn't man. do anything to, like, pressure I thought it was educational. Ryan. Did yeah. you know that about Thanksgiving? No, <laughs> man. I didn't. <laughs> kind of wish I never do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good time. I don't know. So, but, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with him and Bray. I, I, I just... It doesn't look good for Daniel, though. It no. really... I don't see any way he gets out of this other than with, like, a haircut. Honestly. You know? And maybe a character change. Maybe he'll be full face now. So... Because um, we can see his face? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So that's going to be jarring, though, if he is, like, you know, sh- like, crew cut again and no mm-hmm. beard. That will be bizarre to see. I'm like, where's AJ Lee? We got to protect him. Uh-huh, her. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So that's pretty much it for wrestling, I yes. guess, right? <laughs> it's hard fucking doing this without the internet. Um, but uh, that's going to do for this week. Um, yay, 100 episodes. Yes. Uh, here's to 100 more. Yeah, pop um, out the bubbly. That's right. Uh, before we move on, though. Yes, make sure that you're checking out BigHeadsMedia.com. Plenty of podcasts over there. And also make sure you're checking out Drama City Productions. Awesome guys over there. Um <laughs> You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. We are on literally everything. If you're listening to us on your favorite platform, hit subscribe right now. You can rate and review us as well. Yes, please. Five stars only, though, people. Come on now. (laughs) We work hard at this. Um, But no, please do uh, rates and reviews and subscriptions. That's how you keep a podcast like us going. So, Um, But yes, if you want to continue to support us, though, also make sure you go ahead and get yourself some cool nerd merch over at ProWrestlingTees.com. We also have, I believe, shirts up at Tee Public, too. Yes. In various colors. You can also get yourself a mug uh, <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it go ahead and check us 
us out on all your favorite social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're a great follow. We post all the latest nerd news. Easy for me to say. Um, tons of memes, lots of Baby Yoda shit, lots of Mandalorian stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a great way to get in touch with us, mm-hmm. especially if some ideas for our Patreon that's upcoming. Yes, I love the the Baby Yoda pressing the button and the different music memes yes. right now. Yes, that's fantastic. But yeah, definitely give us a good follow. God, um, I love Baby Yoda way too much. It's unhealthy. It really is unhealthy. Um, at the beginning of the show, you heard them, Guilty Aces. They're a great rockabilly band. Brand new song. Exactly. Blackjack Baby. Go ahead and check that out on iTunes. Um, they're a local Chicago rockabilly band. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and give them a follow. All right. And then at the end of the show, you're listening to Greg Brebner right now. That's right. You can go ahead and follow him on Instagram. He's our house DJ. Um, And you can go ahead and check out his music on uh, SoundCloud. He's got tons of free downloads for you. All right. Next week, we're going to get into more of The Mandalorian. Uh, We're at the halfway point of the season. We're going to talk about what we've seen so far. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Yeah. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Be sure what you're saying, son. I'm saying, if there is some geezer out there with a big white beard, he's a world heavyweight cunt. I'm sorry, did you just call God a C-word? Yeah, he's got a hard-on for mass murder and giving kids cancer. And his big old answer to the existential clusterfuck that is humanity is to nail his own bleeding son to a plank. That is a cunt move. Come on, even you got to agree with me. Hey, 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 please. We should love a fucking nuke at him, get it over and done with. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We're sorry, sir. We apologize. My man. All right, good talk. Think about it. I'm here all day, all right?